Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. G, 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 take me away. G, 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 take me today. Welcome to another episode of the Gary Hour. I'm your host, Gary Levitt. This week, I talked to young up-and-coming stand-up comedian, Sabrina Piper. We talk about her mom, who's a stand-up comedian. We talk about growing up Jewish and what it's like to relocate to New York to pursue stand-up comedy. This episode is brought to you by Future Moments, makers of apps for content creation, If you're a filmmaker, songwriter, or podcaster, search for Future Moments on the App Store because they have a tool to make your life easier and your sounds better, like this podcast. All right, uh, check me out online. I'm GaryGaryLevitt.com. If you Google GaryGaryLevitt, you'll probably get me in many forms of internet forms hope you enjoy this episode see you next week sabrina piper hi thanks for being here thanks for having me so you're kind of a very young new face on the scene yeah i am yeah i've been doing stand-up for almost a year and a half i saw a picture of you you were very young doing stand-up like seven I was not seven. I think I was like 10 or 11. Okay, so yeah, um, no sense of... <laughs> yeah, no. Well, my mom was a comic, so I was always exposed to it. And then, yeah, no. I, I think that was at like a cousin's birthday party. I told a joke. <laughs> okay. So wait, your mom was a stand-up comedian. hmm How long... Was she like doing it professionally? Yeah. She was? Yeah. She. Uh, so she used to live in New York for years and years and years. Uh, she grew up around here. And then she did it in college. Mm-hmm. 
until like a couple of years before I was born. Why did she stop? Did you ruin her stand-up career? <laughs> Apparently. Um, she traded her career for Maybe she passed she, it on to you. I think so. I definitely, I definitely got her humor, for sure. You did? Yeah, I feel like we totally get along even better now, because it's like we speak the same language. Yeah. Like, before, I was like, what the fuck is your problem with everything? Like, always making it a joke, or, like, trying, and, like... I'm like, she's just in one long bit. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a way of dealing with life. Definitely. Um, have you seen her stand up? No, she won't let me watch it. She has some on video? Mm-hmm. Why won't she let you watch? I think, so she told me basically and like a couple of her friends that it was all about not wanting kids ever uh, and how she hates children. So then like I came around well, she it's like, oh, had you. jokes on you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that could be like a reverse psychology kind of thing. Like uh, when people are so anti-gay, they're actually gay. Like Mike Pence, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe she was so anti-child that she really, really, really wanted one. Honestly, it could be. Um, she like came out of, I guess, quote-unquote retirement a few months before back i think it was like no it's like six months it was more than a few stand up um, yeah yeah she like she did a show at a theater down in florida and then that was the that, sorry that was it um i don't know she was like i'm just gonna do one and see if i like really still love it and she did and then she was like but i'm not gonna go back to it did she warm up with an open mic or anything Mm-mm. oof that's dangerous she said it was like good um mm-hmm. and like there were like family friends there and they were like it was so great you know i feel like i don't know if they're like bullshitting but <laughs> well if she had a lot of supportive family there maybe only a couple i feel like stand-up is one of those things where if you don't do it for a while you kind of lose the muscle oh for sure i mean you could go on vacation for like two weeks and come back and you're like fuck like what's the next joke i was gonna do yeah like, you lose the real estate of the word and maybe a little stage fright and yeah and then the audience senses that you're like a deer in the headlights and they get uncomfortable oh totally yeah that's why you can't do drugs before it either only after right only after <laughs> only after um did she when you told your mom you wanted to start doing stand-up did she tell you it was a bad idea? No, she was so excited. She was? She was. Well, I've been an actress like all my life. She got me into that. Mm-hmm. Um, You're a child actress? Child actress. So your mom's kind of a stage no mom? No meth. No. You know, she wasn't like super pushy because if I didn't want to do it, that was fine. But yeah. I was so super into everything. You wanted to. I just wanted to do everything. I was like, I want to be on Disney Channel. And she was yeah. like, I don't want you molested. Like. Right. And you and to have like a normal childhood. Yeah, I mean, I, in retrospect, I guess that was like it was good that like you know sometimes like I wasn't allowed to go to auditions and stuff like that. And she always warned me about like the casting couch, and I always thought it was just total bullshit. But it's right. not. I mean, uh, it's, I mean, we're really learning it now. It's yeah. not. Um, but I'm also like, I could have been really famous by now, you fucking bitch. <laughs> so <laughs> why do you say that? Because if she would no, let you. just like exposed uh, younger. You know, if I could have gone really into it, because what? I I was obsessed with like acting. That was my thing. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Aventura, which is like a very very small Florida. Yeah, it's in and it's in Florida. It's like 20 minutes from Miami. It's like three square miles of just Jews. Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like half of them are from Israel and like half of them like migrated down from like New York and New Jersey. Like my mom, like just they're all down there. We'll come back to your uh, acting, acting yes. life. But so did you grow up Orthodox? I did not grow up Orthodox. So my dad grew up uh, pretty Orthodox and then my mom grew up like conservative, you know, and then 
they didn't push that on me. Like, they didn't raise me to be orthodox. Mm -hmm. Religion was a thing in the house, of course. Um, but I would definitely say I went more towards the spiritual side. The, what do you mean the spiritual side? Like, I... Like, I'm not sure if I believe in God. Mm -hmm. I know that there's, like, something, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, all my life, I was just, like, like, I didn't feel like Judaism, like, ruled everything I did. Like, Ooh. I dropped out of Hebrew school, like... Hebrew school dropout. Hebrew school dropout, <laughs> yeah. I was just, like I, like, I don't care. Like, I don't think... Like, you guys are following rules from millions of years ago. That, traditions. Like, tra I, yeah, traditions, and it's just... To me, it just didn't click. Like, I never resonated with it until I went to Israel. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I got super Jewy. And I was like, oh, my God, God is real. God doesn't want me to smoke weed. God doesn't want this. Like, I went to the wall, and I was like, I just had a conversation with him. Like, Really? You felt a power mm -hmm. at the wall? Oh, totally. I, I went to Israel. I was supposed to be there for 10 days. I wound up staying for two months. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. And I was just like, I started studying in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And I had the long skirt and everything. I got super Jewy. And then I got back to New York after two months. And like, maybe two weeks later, I was like smoking a joint. I was like, you know what? Like, <laughs> I don't think I had that conversation with him. Like, <laughs> it's like you fall into this trance there. Yeah. And like, I felt like that was like my peak of like being religious. Do you think if... You went to the wall not knowing its whole reputation and the whole buildup of what the wall means and the significance that if you just saw it as a wall, do you think it would have had that impact on you? I'm not really sure. I mean, I didn't think it would before I was actually there. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just like, okay, like, it's a fucking, like, they're still separating men and women, which I hated when I was there, too. Like, I still am not okay with that. Yeah. Um, But I just... There was, like, a different feeling when I landed in Israel and I was there. Like, mm -hmm. I got super outdoorsy, too. Like, I was, like, climbing up mountains and everything. I was like, yeah, let's go do it. Let's go for a run at five in the morning. Like, that so isn't me. But yeah. I, like, something, like, took over when I was there. Do you, do you, is your family heritage from Israel? Um, some of them. But mainly they're from, like, Russia, Poland, Austria. Like, we escaped the Nazis. You did. Mm -hmm. Good job. <laughs> thank you thank you and we're totally allowed out now so it's great <laughs> women allowed out <laughs> oh sometimes so they keep the women and men separate they in, do in yeah. israel or just at the no wall? no it's definitely at the wall um jerusalem like the old city is a different world i mean they're living in a different century i love israel like if i could go back tomorrow i would honestly uh -huh. for like a little bit like but i mean i got i had women screaming at me that i wasn't covered up enough now mind you it was like middle of summer i was wearing like a turtleneck long sleeve like past my knee like black dress jews I'm and dying. muslims screaming at you no 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 no, just, no. Jews. just jews okay just jews because there are muslims in israel right right yeah yeah um i mean especially in jerusalem it's like the four quarters right so you have like the jews and like the muslims and the christians and like I don't know who's in the fourth corner. Scientologists? Oh, my God. They're my favorite <laughs> to make fun of. <laughs> um, I wish. I wish I just saw one. <laughs> yeah, something other. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just to switch it up. But no, the the Jewish women, they were yelling at me. It was like a mix of like Hebrew and English, just like how disrespectful I was for not going like and like covering my ankles and stuff like that. Right. The I women mean, are yelling this. The women are crazy. The men, if they're, uh, especially if they're like Shomer Nagia, like they can't touch you, you know, they can't hug you. What was that word? Um, Shomer Nagia. What is that? It's like, so... Okay, let's say that the a couple's married, right? Yep. A religious couple, orthodox. If the woman even has her period, he can't even like touch her for that entire like the 10 days because she's not clean. Right. It's like a set of rules, like a different set of rules though. Right. Um or like you can't even if you if you were Shomer Nagia, you couldn't hug me, you couldn't high five me. There's no touching. Some of them don't even look at women in the eye. Wow. Especially if they're not married. Well, that's oh why God. I had well, to find out where you were thing. on your menstrual cycle before we did this podcast. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of fucked right now because you're in my vicinity. I'm just like... <laughs> Does that make me a sinner? Maybe. Um, do you have Do you have sex with or, or without a sheet between you? <laughs> Definitely without a sheet between. Oh, yes. you're a total sinner, dude. Where, do you know the history where that comes from? Uh, delusion? I don't know. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, no, I really don't know. Um the whole the whole menstrual the whole period thing because it's not just Jews it's you know no, I mean it's yeah I, I don't know where it derived from and I don't want to sound stupid and try to like give you an answer right yeah. now but good for you most thank people you. Be like I know everything oh I don't but <laughs> but I try mm-hmm. I try so your mom was raising you not Orthodox but very Jewish I mean they ra- like my parents raised me Jewish but mm-hmm. like. Let's say if I broke Passover and they found, if they were like, did you just eat pizza? And it was like, you know, Passover. Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah. Like, they wouldn't punish me. They wouldn't be like, God wants you dead. Like, they'd be like, all right, just like, don't do that again. Like, they were never tough about it. Was it about fear of God or not breaking tradition? for, For them, you think? For them, yeah. Um, I definitely don't think it was fear of God. I think that my dad more, it was like, you have to be respectful towards God. Like, I know that there were a couple of times I said, I was like, I don't think God's real. And he's like, God's real. Like, there was no, like, I think, questioning that. Right. So your mom was a stand-up comedian that was conservative. I mean, no, she grew up that way, but Mm -hmm. then she wasn't. She stopped being conservative. Yeah, she was just kind of... Jewish, you know those people where they're like, "Oh, I'm Jewish, but I'm not." They're Jewish. Yeah, like uh, kind of reformed. Yeah. Well, Jews love speaking generally. Love tradition, just the traditions of doing things. And some, a lot of Jews don't even know the meaning behind them. Right. That I find pretty common. Uh, I feel like that was me for a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Like when I was younger, like um, what's it called? Like Sukkot, right? Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, what's this? Like, all I knew is like when they would like build the little, I don't even know what it is now. I'm going to be honest. Like, yeah. I don't like, I never got interested in learning either. Right. But they build something. Well, even when you do the Hanukkah prayers, mm-hmm. it's, it's all about God. Yeah. So how do you, how do you work that out in your mind if you don't even believe in God? Well, to me, like I loved Hanukkah growing up. For the presents? I mean, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but no, it's for sure. But like, I to me, like you know, just saying the prayers and everything was just part of it. Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe when I was younger, it was like, do this, and then like I'm gonna go get like 
my easy bake oven. <laughs> Do you think there is something inherent about the Jewish religion or tradition that has to do with comedy because there seems to be like a lot of jewish people kind of tend to be funny yeah or have a sense of humor i mean we're we're made fun of so much growing up like i can't even tell you i guess because i grew up in such like a heavily jewish community i didn't hear it as much but my first like dealing with um somebody being like anti-semitic towards me i was in the third grade Mm -hmm. and it was like a kid that i knew forever and his name is Christian, which is ironic <laughs> as fuck. Mm-hmm. And he called me a dirty Jew. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy. It was in private school. So we, like, I got into it with him because my parents always said, like, especially my dad, it was like, defend it. Like, you're Jewish. Like, you defend that. Like, if anyone ever says anything, like, you beat the shit out of them, basically. Like, I'm the only girl. Like, I was like, I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I start fighting with this kid. And then my mom came in and, like, gone to a fight with his mom. And it was just crazy. Um, did he so, even know what he meant, calling you a dirty Jew? No, I think you learned that in the home. Right. You know, for so sure. I mean, this his... kid was, what, like eight years old? Right. And, like, I knew him since I was three. Yeah. And he just randomly called me that one day, I think, because, like, I took, like, his abacus or whatever the fuck we were learning. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> what kind of private school is this? Oh, my God. It was, <laughs> it was a Montessori. Oh, Montessori I got school? kicked out. I got kicked out from that incident. Because I was like, yeah, I was going back and forth with the kid. And then... They were like slowly, the people who owned it, um, yeah. they weren't Jewish. And they were like slowly like weaving out all the Jews, it turned out. They got shut down for it. There was really? a whole investigation after. Yeah. So they kicked me out after I was getting called a dirty Jew. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. I went to a Montessori school for a year as well yeah? as a kid. And How was that? All I remember doing is running around and jumping up on the teacher's desk and jumping off like we all formed a circle. <laughs> I don't think we learned anything. Oh my! God. I learned so much. I will give them that. I, I would. I would imagine every school is really different. Yeah. The one I went to, there seemed to be no curriculum. Oh, well, for us, I mean, I was learning cursive at like two or three years old. Oh, well, that's good to know. So yeah, and then uh, they put me in public school for like six months. Mm-hmm. Shocker. Shocker in a way where you felt like it was dumbed down, or oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, like, I was in the... They advanced me to the gifted classes right away. And wow. then they were going to have me, like, skip a grade. Wow. But I didn't want to do that. So I just stayed. Um, which is so funny, because then I grew up, and I'm the fucking worst at, like, math and stuff like that. And I was just like, I don't give a shit anymore. Mm. But, uh, but like, there weren't that many Jewish kids there. Mm-hmm. In public so school? That was, yeah. So yeah. that was, like, a huge, like, shocker for me. Right. Uh, it was just diverse and I wasn't used to that, you know? Yeah. Which wasn't bad. Like I wasn't like scared or anything. Like I was just like, oh, whatever. And then, uh, six months later I'm back at a private school. Mm-hmm. So your parents kind of tried to instill this religion on you or they were kind of just introducing you and then letting you come to your own? I think that it was always spoken about. I don't think that it was ever a choice, but I also, I think they instilled it so much that I could never think of in a different way. Like, oh, I'm not Jewish, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, it was always like, oh, if you ever have a boyfriend, like, he has to be Jewish. Do they still feel that way? Well, my dad passed away a few years ago, Uh so I don't think he feels that way, but I don't think he feels much anymore anyway. But my mom, I don't really think she cares. Mm -hmm. I think that was more my dad, for sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah, my grandmother used to be like that. She'd be like, you have to marry a Jew. You have to marry a Jew. And then eventually, as time went on and she got older... She's like, you know, 
you're lucky enough to meet someone and fall in love. Yeah. It doesn't matter what they are or what they believe in. See, that's nice. Yeah. My, uh, my grandmother is a cunt, so I don't, <laughs> I don't think that would happen. She's not evolving um, at all? No. Not a bit. Is that no. your mom's mom? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, but my mom, I don't really think she cares because like, I'll say like I'm going out and she goes, I, I don't care. That's how she always prefaces it. I don't care. In a, in a funny but, way? No, she says just like that. I don't care, but is he Jewish? And uh-huh. I'm like, no. <laughs> she's like, okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> I think in her mind, it's like she's not going to marry him because like I'll go out on dates all the time. Yeah. Um, but I do think I'm going to wind up with a Jewish person just because like I can't see myself with anyone else. Why do you say that? Because it's such I a big part I guess just seeing like my, no, I guess just like seeing my parents, you know, and mm-hmm. also being raised Jewish and like, I don't think I'm ever going to have kids. That's just like a personal thing. Mm-hmm. But if I ever did in the future, like I'd like to raise them Jewish. Mm-hmm. And I also, like, I don't want to drop my traditions that I do. Right. So like no. I, like, since I got back from Israel, like, you know, sometimes I do keep shabbat or like i'll light the candles and i don't want to kill that in the future so even though you don't really are you sure you don't believe in god i i don't think it's god that i believe in like i don't believe there's a man in the sky who's dictating everything Mm -hmm. i think everyone has their own journey yeah and everyone has like possibly like a past life or something like there's something there's so much more to life than what's on the surface but i don't think there's a dude up in the sky directing everything how they see god Right, like controlling everything, like the right, strength. Right, right, right. It's like, God will give you the strength. It's like, dude, like sometimes he won't. And what if, what if it's not a guy? Well, do you think there's something bigger than us as individuals? Oh, definitely. I mean, like the universe, there has to be more of the universe than just what we see. Have you had any instances where you felt that? I'm going to preface this right now before I keep talking with, I don't do drugs. <laughs> you don't? I don't do drugs. Okay. Okay, but like my friends who do drugs, because like you said DMT you, you, you talked every- about smoking pots and stuff. Pots, whatever. Okay, pots, whatever. Yeah. Um, I've never tried anything else besides weed. Okay. Um, but my friends who do like DMT, everything, they like come out of it and they're like, "You gotta do this," and I'm like, "No," and like, and they're like, "God is real," and it's a girl. Like four of them told me this. Uh huh. Were they all girls? That I was, told you no, that? all guys. Oh wow, all guys, and they were like the biggest misogynistic pieces of shit before. I love them, but like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, which is crazy. It does kind of make more sense since a little women bit. give birth and a little bit yeah. mother nature. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I also believe like there's also like I guess the cynical part of me where it's like if there was a god, right? Mm-hmm. Hello, the Holocaust wouldn't have happened. Like, right? It'd be a sick, sick person, yeah. sick entity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there. It's just little cases, just like little things. That make you not believe. Yeah. Like, I know there definitely has to be more, right? There has to be a higher power somewhere. Yeah. But I don't know if that's a, that's a God. Have you had any instances of that besides your friends doing DMT? (laughs) I mean, besides being at the Western wall, like I'm telling when I was there, Yeah. like I probably stood there. I thought it was for five minutes. I stood there for like an hour or something. Just like hand on the wall. Hand on the wall. I put a prayer in hand on the wall um i like started crying and everything and i had a whole conversation in my head with god Mm -hmm. that's like and maybe maybe whatever let's say i did but i came out of it and i was just like i felt lighter and i was like oh 
I need to do this. I need to stop doing this. I need to do this. I need to stop doing this. But I... This conversation, was it like a conversation with somebody else? Yeah. Like, I felt like somebody was telling me something, and then I was answering, and then they were answering me back. Uh Uh-huh. And this other person or thing, was it kind of wiser than you? Guiding you? I think so. But at the same time, like, I didn't listen to to the advice like they like i heard like i was at the wall and like one of the things i was like i was talking about a bunch of different things like in my head i was just thinking yeah and uh and one of them like the voice came to and they were like you should only smoke weed like eight to ten more times in your entire life and then you need to stop and i was like that's it had you been struggling with this weed smoking before that no i mean like i'm not I'm not an addict or anything. Yeah. Like I um I tried it for the first time in high school like senior year mm-hmm. or the end of junior year or something cuz my dad passed away. Mm-hmm. And I was super depressed and then like 3 days after my dad passed away my grandfather passed away. Wow. So I was like super super depressed and I've struggled with depression since I was probably like 11 or 12. So you're equating the weed smoking with depression. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Like I didn't want to touch it. I thought it was disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um and then, like, my friends were, like, just try, like, you're so, like, I, I wouldn't take any pills. I wouldn't do anything. Um, well, once you're equating the weed smoking to depression, then you're kind of saying, of course, I want to get rid of it. Like, I want to get rid of depression. Yeah, maybe. I never saw it in that light. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I used it more towards medicine. And so- now, as I'm older, like, I stopped smoking a few years ago for like a couple years and now since i started comedy again like i'm around it and it's like i just do it like it'll be for fun yeah does it help you write jokes no oh my god i'm the worst like <laughs> sometimes i'll think of something and i'm like oh my god that's so funny right i'll write it down or i'll record it and then the next day i'll read it and i'm like that's awful <laughs> like, right right well, and I, I can't perform high either i mean it's just like late at night yeah well that you know how it enhances everything being on stage i would imagine would be a nightmare awful i <laughs> it happened to me twice that i got up high like one time i was just like burnt down the other time like i didn't know i was getting up and i got up and i was just blasted right well i asked about the depression and the weed relationship because everyone has their own uh re- own kind of relationship with even alcohol you mm-hmm. know if someone if you if alcohol to you is an escape mechanism and you're like oh things are tough i need a drink then your relationship with alcohol is is on a negative thing, but if you're like, oh, I'm going out, yeah, I'm going to be social, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a drink and loosen up, enjoy myself, then your relationship with it is kind of fun, yeah, and upbeat. So that's why I asked about the weed because well, like, I think that definitely ties in. I've never seen it from that perspective, mm-hmm. um, but that is like what I've always used it for to escape. Yeah, yeah, definitely right because that's once you're using something to escape, it's not good yeah that's why like i i took a month off smoking like a last month or something and then my friend came into town from birthright Mm -hmm. um and he was like he's like we gotta smoke like oh my god so it was his last night so we got weed and i like i was like oh my god this is so fun like i forgot how fun this is right and then for that entire week i got really high and i was like this isn't fun like life isn't fun like it break it does bring you down well, it's unless a downer, you're so yeah, unless you're depressed, and then it will bring you up. And I'm like, I need to not touch that. Like, I have to get it into my mind. Yeah. But are you one of those people that can't moderate? Uh, no, I mean I can if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But if it's like around me and yeah. I'm not doing anything, I'm like, ah, oh, why not? 
Right. Because some people, it makes them uh, really lazy. Well, I get like anti so I just get, I don't know if it's antisocial or just extremely introverted. Yeah. That's like, a common thing. When I'm, when I'm around people, like, they'll know. Yeah. They'll know if I'm like, if I got too high because I'm just sitting there and I'm within <laughs> myself. <laughs> right. You're kind of withdrawn. Mm-hmm. But then there's people like Richard Branson, you know, that. Yeah, is, yeah, of course. But he's, he said he smoked a joint a day at least since he was 16. Look at Snoop Dogg. Yeah, exactly. Oh God, fantastic. Yeah. But it's different for it everybody. It really it really does hit people differently. And I wish I could be one of those people where like I'm so social on it where I'm like, Yeah, how you doing? Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> well, should we go do a set? But I'm right. like, I should go get a kale salad. Like and that's th- what I go do. Well, I think that's what Snoop Dogg is talking about when he's like, You gotta master your high. <laughs> <laughs> Mastering your high, I think to, to Snoop Dogg, I think is like not getting withdrawn and just being able to deal. Yeah. He's so yeah. smooth. You know? He's so good with it. I'm so jealous. I wish I could smoke with him. <laughs> yeah, him and someday. Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. That would be, you'd better build up your tolerance. That's, I'll do it. I asked about the um, Jewish thing in relation to comedy before because. Oh, yeah. A lot of, a lot of Jews and even rabbis, it's like so built into the Jewish culture to make jokes. Like there's often rabbis that are cracking jokes and, it's a certain brand of humor. Oh, for sure. Um, well, I think that we were oppressed for so long mm-hmm. that we had to find something to kind of laugh about. So that would that would assume that comedy is kind of built into your DNA. I think so. That's crazy. I mean, Jewish people, let's be blunt, like they kind of like run the entertainment industry for the most part. Okay, <laughs> and like I mean, everyone everyone knows it. Then we take over a big chunk of it. There's a there's a lot of Jews, yeah. Big chunk, oh yeah, mm-hmm. and um, especially comedians. That's why, like, I never understand when there's anti-Semitic comedians because I'm like, wrong industry, bud. <laughs> like, so sorry. And I think that you know we we all were like shit on at some point, and we had to come up with some retort like very instantly, and like, uh, even like you know when people say like, oh, big nose, like whatever, and then you would mm-hmm. come up with something else like about like their height or whatever, right. So it might be a little bit built in. Mm-hmm. And like the rabbis do make jokes and, you know. Yeah, and the Jews have a very, even before World War II, a long history of oppression. Oh, yeah. And co- do you feel like, so that would assume that a co- that co- comedy is a way of dealing with harsh realities. Oh, I think so for sure. And I mean, something happens to you, you want to write about it, right? Yeah, I mean, well... There's so many different ways to go when you have hardships in life. You can start boozing it up. You can start using drugs, or right. you can start and you know playing music, or you can start writing comedy and figuring it out that way. Yeah, but I meant for you personally when something happens. Me personally. Yeah. Yeah, I'm lucky that I have artistic outlets. Right. You know, I really do consider which is fantastic. That so lucky that I yeah. have outlets, and I I've noticed this in myself that. If I'm feeling down or melancholy or depressed or something, uh, first thing I'll do is be like, all right, why am I depressed? Did anything change in my life that made me depressed? Because I was just happy a couple days ago. Has anything changed? No, nothing's changed. Pretty much things are the same. So I'm like, maybe I just need to get on stage and do comedy. Maybe I need to pick up the guitar and just play and sing. These kinds of outlets. And then all of a sudden I'll do something like that or write. Yeah. Then you get it out of you. And it's I, so, I mean, 
it's like cathartic when you write it all down mm-hmm. uh which is great but yeah some people don't have that which is really sad yeah do you think everyone does have it but they just haven't found the key to open it um no because have you seen some people do stand-up <laughs> so <laughs> well, but everyone should find some type of release yeah you know like i don't agree with like going towards like alcohol or like hard drugs like i can't say anything about weed because like when i'm depressed i do go and buy weed mm-hmm. um but like when it comes to like the jewish people in general like rabbis they're not going down like smoking a J. they're not going to grab a beer with you right i mean like my rabbis are cool as fuck so they do but like they're not doing that normally how many rabbis do you have i have two <laughs> what do these rabbis do sorry um they're rabbis well what you why do you have two you you do from birthright okay birthright is when birth, you, so they um it's you, basically you go to israel for free yeah they put you into this total fucking trance <laughs> yeah they're really laid on thick and brainwashed, oh yeah right? oh yeah i mean you're not sleeping for almost 10 days you're getting three hours a night maybe mm-hmm. you're constantly doing activities and then they're like putting all these like facts and stories into you and then they want you to like couple up and then like get married have a baby move to israel have the baby join the army in 18 years like it's a total thing so sounds like a racket uh, no i mean listen birthright was the best experience of my life right but i do know what they're do- like it's a little bit of brainwashing yeah is it uh a lot of desert there or were you in areas that were pretty so, built up so we went uh, we went around all of Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in the desert for one night, though. Okay. We stayed in like a Bedouin tent, which is like one big Jew fuck fest, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just outrageous. It's like Burning Man for Jews. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I asked because uh, I've spent some time in the desert, and just being in the desert has a uh, weird psychological effect it's so different it's so different so different i mean you hear everything you're looking up and like you see all the stars and it's gorgeous and there's nothing around to echo any sound right so like when i was in the desert we there was a drum set and i was hitting the snare drum and it would just disappear yeah barely make a sound it's very strange to just look out be able to see for miles maybe and there's nothingness and everything's just going Mm-hmm. But I will say this, the night we were in the desert, uh, my friend and I, we planned to wake up the next morning at 6 a.m. to go for a run on the hill. Uh-huh. We both slept in, missed the alarm, thank God, found out that there were, um, what was it? Oh, mines, landmines, like really? in the, yeah. See, that's why I don't to, like. To like keep out the other side, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, good thing we didn't go. Yeah. But yeah, very peaceful, very. <laughs> were, the, were the guides funny were on birthright were they humorous um they were really fucking cool like we Mm -hmm. had two rabbis so the thing with my trip is i had signed up like you have to put in three different trips and then they pick one for you Mm -hmm. so two of mine were for new york for for new york and then the third was for miami just in case they pick that one Mm -hmm. so i'm put onto that one with like a couple people that i went to middle school with in high school like fucking nuts of course um, and then half my group drops. And then there was a Canadian group going and half that group drops. So they combine our trips. So we got two rabbis and two guides. Uh-huh. And you keep in touch with these rabbis? Yeah. What do you, what do you talk to them about? Um, 
well one of them i speak to like very like uh, not that not that often you know like he just had another baby and everything but it's just but the other one uh i'm very close with him and he's like he always wants me to go back to Israel. Mm-hmm. He's always like pushing that a lot. I love him, but yeah, he loves me to go back to Israel. Um, he thinks that I need to like, you know, have a talk with him about God and like coming back to like did, God. Did, and Did you tell him you're not a believer? Yeah, I, d- I did tell him. I was like, you know, and then when I was there, I was like, no, like God is real. And then yeah. I got back to New York and I was like, no. <laughs> and like <laughs> I was hallucinating. <laughs> I was like, no, wait. <laughs> Do you do you seek guidance from him? Is he kind of a definitely like if I'm if I'm in like a rough patch in my life, like I'll talk to him, or right. like if I'm going through something like terrible with like an ex boyfriend or something like that at the time, like I would talk to him because I went on birthright May 2016, mm-hmm. so it's going on two years now, right? Um, but I do keep in touch with him. He always invites me to Shabbat, mm-hmm. and it's really fucking cool. Well, it's good to have someone older that you can kind of trust that would give you advice. Oh yeah, for sure. Whether you follow it or not. I mean, yeah, no, he was like, he was great on the trip and like afterwards too. So yeah, it's good. Does your mom give you advice? She always gives me advice whether I want it or not. It's a Jewish <laughs> mom, you know, right. she's going to tell you her opinion regardless. Yeah. So why do you think she won't let you see her stand up? Is it just because she has a lot of material on not wanting kids or do you think there's maybe something or maybe she just doesn't want me involved in like that part of her life like maybe that was hers you mm-hmm. know and she's like okay that's mine like you know like even when i was like oh tape when she did the show six months ago i was like tape it send it to me she was like oh sure yeah so she still- and she like didn't but i saw pictures like um from like mutual friends and everything and i was like oh like you didn't send me anything she's like oh it's fine yeah like i don't think she wants me involved mm-hmm yeah, this this comedy thing with Jews, there is a similar style of humor. Do you think that you have a similar style of humor as your mom? A little bit. Mm-hmm. I th- well, she definitely passed it on to me. I mean, she took me to my first comedy show when I was, I think, nine years old. It was Kathy Griffin. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like begged her to go for like a year, I remember. Yeah. She was like, you're too young. And then like nine came around. She was like, okay. And Kathy Griffin's pretty... Uh, Oh, she's totally out there. And like, I remember, I'll never forget this. I mean, now it's over 10 years ago and she came out on stage and she goes, uh, she like says one joke and then the next thing and she was like, and I'm so happy you're all here. Like, she's like, where are my gays? And they're like, yay. And then she was like, and where are my kids? And I'm the only one who yelled and she, and she didn't hear, of course. Yeah. And she was like, oh, thank God. I fucking hate children. And Uh, I was like, yeah, they're the worst. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so it was a all ages show. So I don't think so, but my mom, so my, no, it wasn't my mom, it was my dad. Um, he did like a lot of like blackjack playing and poker playing and it was at the Seminole like hard rock. Okay. So she was performing there. So he got us tickets. Right. They like gave him tickets and then we went. So I was don't know a- if I was allowed. Yeah. But- well, it's always interesting. Uh, I've done shows where there's kids in the audience and it definitely makes you, th- makes me think twice about oh, everything. Oh, it's t- I did a kid's show. You they did? didn't like me. What? They weren't fans of me. <laughs> well, it's such a different thing. Well, yeah, I realized also as I was like halfway through the set, and I'm mm-hmm. like, these little fucks, like they can't stand me. And I was like, oh my God, this set is totally geared towards their parents. Right. That's the problem. Right. Well, it's hard to appeal to such a wide generation. Like, I didn't know what to say to a four-year-old. Like, the girl in the front, she was five, and I was like, what's your favorite thing to do? And she's like, I love my Zumba class. And I was like, no. 
<laughs> like, you, like, what are you going to do? Talk about dating and stuff? Yeah, I can't. Like, I try to tell them because I was a camp counselor for like six years. So I try to talk mm-hmm. to them about that. And like, I, I made a joke about like going on a water slide that I didn't want to go on. But the kid pressured me and how kid pressure is worse than like peer pressure. Right. It's like, you guys will learn that when you learn about puberty. <laughs> and the parents like all shot me a look. And I was like, whatever. And then I was talking about going on this water slide. And I was like, oh, I had so much fun. But then I remembered like I was so pissed at my camper for making me go on. So I kicked him off and he fell off the entire ride. And like this one girl like looked up. She goes, what? Mm-hmm. Like with terror in her eyes. And I'm like, no, no, no. Strapped in. I'm kidding. Like, I just, I lost them. Yeah, well, you But know, I never got them in the first place, so. Maybe it's okay to not appeal to everybody. Like, I'll never be a kid's comedian. And unfortunately, none of them booked me for being a babysitter afterwards. <laughs> I did leave my car. I was like, you guys, I do babysit. <laughs> and they're like, okay. <laughs> Could have at least gotten some babysitting gigs out of it. Just uh, one. Yeah. Just, I'm such a good one, too. Instead, so the parents fun. are like, I don't, wanna, I, don't, I don't want you to babysit my kids, but you want to hang out? I'm sure they would have loved to if they just gave me a shot. Yeah. So you're also uh, involved in acting as well. Yeah. As stand-up. Yes. Which one appeals to you more? Um, it's really tough because I, I've i loved acting all my life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll never find anything I like more. Like, I'll never find it. And then I did stand-up for the first time ever. And I was like okay, I love this. Like, and I think it's equal. Yeah. Can you tell me about your first time doing stand-up? How'd you do it? Did you bomb? Or did oh my you- God. Okay. So my first time doing stand-up was interesting because I was walking on McDougal mm-hmm. and now mind you, I never did a mic before this. I never did anything. Um, but I was writing. I was, writing always, jokes. I was always writing jokes because yeah. I was like, I want to try this one day. Like I started when I was 18, I remember. Yeah. And I just had bad ones, bad. Like I recently looked over them. I was like, oh my God, this is awful. Um, but I remember like I wrote two really funny jokes where I was just like, you know, the first time you write your first joke, like your real first joke. Yeah. You're like, this is good. There's something. So I remember I wrote that and then I was walking on McDougal and some some guy tries to bark me into a show. He's like, hey, comedy show tonight? And I was yeah. like, no thanks. And don't know why I did this, but I go, I'm a comedian. And I just, and he goes, oh, yeah? And he goes, wait, I'll book you on my show. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Just like that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so uh-huh. he's like, you have Facebook? He adds me on Facebook. Um, and then he messages me that night. He's like, I'll get you on a show in two weeks. Gives me the date. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was a bringer. Yeah. Oh, of course. Bringer, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which a bringer, if you don't know, a bringer is when you're booked for a show, but you have to bring a certain amount of people or you don't perform. Right. So at first he said six and I said, there's no way that's going to happen, whatever. And he was like, oh, okay, just whatever you can do. And I was like, wow, this guy has a lot of like faith in me. <laughs> <laughs> so two of my friends came. Uh, it's two weeks later. I was petrified. Like I was like, I drank some wine before and I was still freaking out, right? But I didn't want to tell anyone at first, like, this is my first time. Right. Until it was right before it was time to go up, right? Yeah. And then I was like, I'm so nervous. This is my first show. And they were like, oh, it's fine. And they were like, you're going to do great just like at the mic. So I was like, I've never done one of those. <laughs> and they were like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I got up on stage and I had seven minutes to do. Well, which is yeah, a lot of time. It's a lot of time. It's yeah. a lot of. And at first, like when before when I heard that, I was like, seven minutes, like, 
I could go on for longer, (laughs) (laughs) which is so you really don't know as like a young comedian or somebody who's not a comedian. Like that is a good chunk of time. So I go up in my first three minutes. um, We're not that awful. I Mm -hmm. will say that. Like it wasn't. It wasn't where you're like, oh, my God, what is this? But I also ran the jokes like by my mom like a million times, you know. But so that's my, good. Saying them out loud is so helpful. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I also have that, I guess, like from acting. Like I would always like, you know, go over my scripts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So then I started doing that with the jokes. Um, and then my other four minutes. Um, very sad. Just, very, just, just bomb. Just I mean, you could hear a pin drop in the back of the were room. You, there were, were a couple pity laughs. Yeah. Um, were you doing material or were you just kind of improvising? I was doing what I thought was material. So it was just not good. It was just like, a I lot was of ta- premises? Like I, a lot of I think there was a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of premises. There was also a lot that I thought was funny. Like I talked about like my dead goldfish and I thought it was like fucking hilarious. Uh-huh. And it wasn't yeah. at all the crowd let you know that um yeah for the most part like my friends i knew when i heard like <laughs> and it was just them i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah but i felt like i really and i only know this because like i looked over the video um oh you taped yourself the first oh, time oh and i put it on youtube oh no oh yeah oh yeah but i only put the first three minutes because even then i was like this is the better one <laughs> right right and i was like look what i'm doing everyone like i just felt so like I don't know, because I guess, like, I was a quiet kid mm-hmm. for the most part, um, just because, like, I was bullied a lot, like, in middle school, so I didn't talk. You were bullied for being a Jew? No. <laughs> they were all Jews. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like, you know, but I was uh, I was just bullied because kids are fucking cunts. Uh, they're kids, just na- yeah, kids They're just so nasty. I don't even know. And you know, in retrospect, like, I don't even know why I was bullied. Like, I always think that. I'm like, I don't even... I guess because I was an easy target for them. Interesting. Because I was, like, kind, and I was kind of meek, and then they were like, we can just pick on her for everything. Well, uh, yeah, I think everybody should read Lord of the Flies. Oh, my God. <laughs> gives you a good <laughs> example of human nature. Yeah. Praying for on sure. the weak. Or, oh, for sure. I mean, they're... I mean, I... you or know, the I, con- I, Or the nice. Yeah. Or the kind. And, I, like, I look them all up now, and they're all, like, fucking losers, which is amazing. That is my favorite part of Facebook. Oh, yeah. No need to go to any high school reunion. I just... <laughs> oh, my favorite is when they message me, and they're like, your stand-up is so funny. And I'm like, thank you. You inspired me, because I would go home and make fun of you. Like, right. That's how I learned to do, like, and make jokes. Yeah, you thank them for it now. Um, yeah, but no, I, uh, I put my first setup on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So it's now deleted. You didn't? That's good. Oh, oh, for sure. Or at least make it hide it. Oh no, deleted. (laughs) Oh, that's gone. (laughs) Um, do you think because you had some acting background uh before you do it yeah, do you think it it helped? Totally helped. I mean it had no stage fright um Mm -hmm. after that first time. Like I wasn't even afraid to get up and talk to people because I've always been like even like um I would always do speeches and stuff like that, like or I was singing when I was younger. So I was never afraid, so to speak, but I was nervous that I wouldn't get laughs. Right. And so I totally went into this, not even from drinking or anything, because I only had a glass of wine. I just went into like a blackout up there. But I remember when I heard my first laugh. Yeah. Like, and it was like a genuine, a genuine, genuine, like laugh from somebody in the back that like, I didn't know was my friends. And I was like, 
okay, I want to keep doing this. Right. You were in a blackout, but you were doing, you were talking. Like, I know, yeah. Like, I kept going, but it was just like, I don't remember, like, looking at the audience, really. Like, I just remember, like, in, after the first, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. That sounds exactly like my so first time. I was nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I was in, like, a, a, a timeless vortex of a cave, mm-hmm. even though I knew I was talking. And then right when the first laugh came, it was like, Oh, okay, cool. Okay, good. I, mean, I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. I brought me back to where I was. Mm-hmm. It's so scary. It's so scary. And like, I don't think we, we admit it as much as, you know, we should just because people are always like, what do you do? And it's like, I'm a stand up comedian. And they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, that's so scary. I could never do that. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, it's not that scary. But I guess because like we're used to it. But we really are. We're getting up there and we're talking about outrageous things for the most part. Yeah. We're like trying to convince these people that like what we're saying is just right. Right. What, and that's, there's a lot of different things you could do that kind of aid in stand-up comedy. Like salesmen tend to be good at stand-up comedy. Right. You're selling a point or point of view or a mm-hmm. premise. And I could see how the acting could help in stand-up comedy because you're confident. And th- that's such a big part of it. Like, yeah. even if you are insecure, but portraying, like, showing yeah. that oh, you're confident. totally. I mean, the audience knows right away. Also, like, my fa- like I can do all the faces and everything that I know go along with the jokes. Right. So, and, like, I, you know, it definitely ties in, I think. And you're acting as if you're just speaking off the cuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, when I was... Um, when I was growing up and like, especially like in high school and everything, or like even like in college, if I was stressed out, like I would only listen to stand up. If I was driving in the car, I would listen to like comedy central and like serious, you know, stuff like that. And like, I would hear these jokes a million times and I yeah. would still know them like word for word and find them hilarious. Mm-hmm. Who are some of your uh, biggest influences? Um, I would definitely say Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Love her. Mm-hmm. Um, I might get shit for this, but I love Amy Schumer. Mm hmm. Like, why but why like, would you get shit? A lot of people don't like her. And I will say this. I feel like uh, in the past like couple of years, her comedy's definitely changed a mm-hmm. little bit. Where like like her last special, I wasn't a fan of personally. The leather one? Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of comedians like were not fans of that. Or just like people in general, too. Yeah. Um, But before that, like I, I loved watching her. I yeah. just felt like it was a kind of like an escape. Like, I would watch her and, like, Sarah Silverman. I, I loved Joan Rivers so much. So great. So much. Um, Dave Attell. I mean, there are so many, like, amazing comedians. I guess when I was, like, younger, I loved Kathy Griffin, too. Right. But I think it's because my mom loved her so much, and then I would watch her, and I was like, this is funny. When you saw Joan Rivers after you saw, did you see a similarity with Joan Rivers and Kathy with Ka- Griffin? And Kathy Griffin? Um, like, because it's neat. I, it, I think they... Like there, there might not be a Kathy Griffin without Joan Rivers. Like it's, like, it's fun for me to just see the uh, how things the progress. progression. Yeah. Well, I, I think there are a couple of comedians like that mm-hmm. where they kind of like they're influenced by somebody so much mm-hmm. that they kind of start turning or they try to turn into them sometimes. Or sometimes it's not even like without trying they do it. Yeah. Like I know when I first uh, first started stand up, people were like, "Oh, you're such like." an amy schumer and i was like i don't want to be an amy schumer like and i think it's because when you watch somebody so much like yeah. i'm sure kathy griffin watched like joan river so much that it influences you and you don't even realize it mm-hmm. like, yeah even some the people, way you speak and stuff like that totally some people will take that on so much that they have to make a point to not watch somebody right yeah i did a i did a show where 
it was like a comedy covers thing and i played mitch hedberg uh-huh. and it was so hard to shake it for a week like that's his, crazy his inflection is yeah. so like particular that it became part of my act and i was like oh i can i gotta shake it and i will never do that again <laughs> that's t- well that's like when i watch um like mark norman right like he has a very specific way of speaking and yeah. like because I guess, like, you know, like, with my acting background and everything, like, and it was so easy, like, mimicking somebody. Yeah. And, like, so if I would, like, let's say, like, I listen to, like, an hour of his stand-up, right? Mm-hmm. And then I go and I do, like, a mic or I do a show, like, 20 minutes later. Maybe I'll say, like, a word, like, in the same, like, infliction of his voice. And it's right. like, ooh, fuck. Like, I shouldn't do that. Like, yeah, but I think it certain things rub off. Yeah. They say that when you start i've heard this that it's okay to do that like you start up kind of doing your impersonation of someone until you find your own voice well yeah i mean you need to find your own voice Mm -hmm. how are you along with that path do you feel like i feel like um it took me i mean i haven't been doing stand-up that long but it definitely took me like close to a year to find my voice Mm -hmm. but now like i know who i am on stage Mm -hmm. um because before I feel like I had like such high energy and then I was like so low for a while and then like people were like oh like that's so like not you not you I, like when I had are. such yeah when I had like such low energy on stage yeah it went for like a couple months and they were like because I was just like very like relaxed yeah they were like that's not how you are in person yeah yeah and then I kind of thought about that and I was like that really isn't and like I do get up on stage and I feel like a part of that. Like, that's me. Like, I'm not putting on a character. Right. Yeah, that's what I love about stand-up. It's like a journey into yourself kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Like, you discover so much. Like, when I first was doing it, like, my early jokes, I felt like I I wrote a bunch of, like, they were, like, a lot of sexual jokes, right? Mm -hmm. There were a lot of those. And I feel like because that was a different part of my life where I talked about, like, um, I was always dating somebody new. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> and like now, I'm like, I can never imagine doing those jokes. Right. Just because it, it doesn't tie into my life. No. Yeah. And I also thought that's how I was. But then I looked like at my, like, I would do like a joke and say like, like, oh, I'm slutty. Blah, 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 blah. But mm-hmm. like, I wasn't fucking a new guy every night. And then I saw some of my friends and I was like, no, no, you're slutty. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, you're great, but you're slutty. I'm not. So are you are you saying that it wasn't honest to who you were, who you really were? I think that I thought it was in my, like, in my head. Like, mm-hmm. I had a, like, a different perception of myself. Because, like, I was serial dating. And to me, I was like, that's kind of slutty. But I wasn't doing anything with these guys. Yeah. But, like, I was like, I don't want people to think that I'm like that either. Right. Yeah, and you don't want to be dishonest on stage. Right. Oh, totally not. Like, I, whenever I, I mean, you've heard my set, um, I derive so many of, like, my longer jokes and, like, the stories from, like, real-life stories yeah. that happen. Like, I write them down mm-hmm. um, what, the second they happen. What would you say is the most... people, but... What would you say is the most personal thing that you talk about on stage? <sighs> or is there, uh, I'll give you an out, or is there something really personal that you want to talk about on stage, but you haven't been able to make it funny yet? Well, so I'm kind of in the middle of both of those. Okay. So I do a joke about my dad mm-hmm. um, and how I want a new dad because I, I, my dad's dead. Yeah. And like, 
at first I was like, I'm never going to talk about my dad on stage. I can't even imagine that. Right. And then I was like, wait a sec. Like, no, I have to. Like, this is my life. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I have to tie it in somehow. So I do the joke and like, I'm trying to really find it because the second people hear like, oh, like, I don't have a dad anymore. Like, no matter how I say it, I get the like, oh, right. And it's like, no, 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 no. Let me tell the joke. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's a difficult thing. So I feel like that's the most personal thing I talk about slash what I'm trying to make funny. Yeah, I have a a bit somewhat personal too. And and if I start it a certain way and and they get emotional about it, yeah, the whole joke is ruined. Yeah, it's and, it's really tough. Yeah, it's a tricky thing to kind of phrase it in a way where you're like, no, 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 it's not an emo- This is comedy. Yeah, we're, we're it's past- like I'm still here. You can relax. Everything's okay. Like, I mean, I talk about so much on stage. I talk about, like, what the time I was roofied and stuff like that. Or, like... I want to hear that story. But uh, oh, yeah. but, but just to finish this thought, um, that's why they say, like, tragedy plus time equals comedy. So, like, the audience can sense if you're still emotional about it. And maybe there's not enough time. But I also feel like once you're able to make it a joke without the emotion that kind of shows mental health yeah and that's kind of one of the things i'm striving for to make it good for me like of of course of course i consider myself an entertainer like first bottom line i want to entertain the audience but i also want i also feel like it's kind of like self-care oh yeah i mean definitely but you also don't want to get up there and you're so upset and you don't want to really talk about this but you're forcing yourself to like that doesn't entertain them Mm mm-hmm you know, you yeah. have to have like a bit of a confidence about it. And I think it's also the way you phrase the joke too. Yeah. Whatever that sensitive subject is about. Your point of view with it. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. I kind of want to listen to that Tignataro special where she just got diagnosed for cancer and mm-hmm. she went on stage and kind of improvised the whole set. I listened to it a while ago, but I want to listen to it again and see. Because that's kind of a difficult feat to pull off. Definitely. I mean, if it's, it's funny. Maybe yeah. it's not funny. I don't remember. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you just don't want them to like feel bad for you and pity laugh. Like I never want a fucking pity laugh. Yeah. yeah ever. Yeah. That's what bringer shows are for. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so you got roofied, really roofied. I like really roofied. Oh yeah. my god. I, no wonder um, you brought your own water bottle. <laughs> I'm very cautious. I'm That's very smart. cautious. Um, yeah, it was a few months ago. Um, I So I was down in Florida for not only Thanksgiving, but I was doing like 10 shows down there. Cool. So I stayed down there for like 10 days, and then I flew back up. And uh, I talk about this, like I, ha- I have a whole joke about it, but I was telling my friend, I was like, let's go out tonight, like blah, blah, blah. So we went out to this party um it was a holiday party for like a real estate firm whatever and then i was doing a show right after so we could only stay for like an hour and a half so we go i have one and a half cosmopolitans Mm -hmm. somebody puts ghb in it i don't know Mm -hmm. i black out don't remember anything apparently i showed up to the club to do my set wow they didn't let me up because i couldn't like they had to physically pull me out of the uber Wow. And then I fell on the table and it was like terrible. But like, no, everyone's like, is she drugged? Is she drugged? My friend's like, I don't know. Like, I think she's just really drunk. Right. And I was like, like when I heard everything and I was like, no, like nobody who's drunk, like you've gone out with me a million times. You should have taken me to a hospital, like, which I was pretty pissed about. But, um, 
when I was told like the events that happened was like they told me they were like okay like you, you have to go home like you can't get up to perform uh they put me back into a car got me home um I woke up the next morning I was naked in my bed my room is a mess disgusting and like I can't remember anything I feel like I'm out of my body like I just didn't know what was wrong with me and I'm puking and like my whole living room is destroyed my my bathroom I mean it was just terrible and I was like okay like like I can't remember this and I'm getting all these texts from people who were at the comedy club the night before and they're like oh my god are you okay what happened like what was that um so I wind up I go to the hospital and I'm in the emergency room until like 9 p.m that night Mm -hmm. and they just did like all the tests on me and everything thank god like I wasn't assaulted nothing happened they tested for all like, that they tested every uh yeah they tested everything it was nice. just yeah um but no nothing like thank god i was around people that i could trust that night so but you don't yeah. know who, you, i don't know who did it and i was uh i was so upset i'm still upset about it um it's kind like of traumatic I, yeah oh yeah to, i mean like for that whole week like i could barely eat mm-hmm. i was throwing up the whole week like my memory wasn't there like i could barely do stand-up because like i'd have to bring my my uh notes on stage Wait, it, like it affected phone. your memory after It does. That. So it affects you for like a week. And mm-hmm. they say that like even because GHB, uh, it's just a little like an eyedropper, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like it's odorless, uh, it's tasteless, like mm-hmm. anything like that. But like more than like a drop or two, whatever. Also depending on the bot, like I'm under 100 pounds. Like right. if they wanted to knock me out, like they did the job. Right. Um, but apparently it can cause a heart attack. So I was talking to another comedian and they were like, they were like, I saw you the other night, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, dude, I got roofied. They were like, oh my God, like a real roofie. And I was like, well, GHB, like it's just the term, you know? Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, oh, I take GHB sometimes. (laughs) I do it for fun. I was like, oh my God, like, of course you would. (laughs) Yeah. And they were like, they were like, yeah. And they were like, you got to be really careful. Cause like, they were like, if you do a couple more drops than your body can take, you go into an instant heart attack or death. And I was like, Nice. Well, good thing you sounds like you're in between the line of like just having fun on GHB and like being totally dead. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what it's for. Like, it's to roofie people. Really? That's it was at LeBane. I don't What is that? At the standard. So nobody go. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, well, a real estate convention at the standard kind of sounds like where you would get roofie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, of all the places, I was like, all I wanted was a cosmopolitan, some sushi. Mm hmm. I had a a night where I think something like that happened to me also is where I was on tour and the last thing I remember is this guy was putting us up and uh, we ate mac and cheese like he made mac and cheese Mm -hmm. and then I don't remember anything except waking up the next morning in a sleeping bag and it's really weird like I still and like we all woke up like what happened last night and we were joking around like is your asshole loose? What's going on? Like, <laughs> but it's really weird. You don't know what to do in that situation. Yeah. Like, you really don't. Yeah, That's so scary, though. Did you re- talk to that guy ever again? You get his recipe? <laughs> <laughs> I should get his recipe. Mm-hmm. I actually saw him again, and I was trying to kind of gauge it to right. see if he looked or acted guilty. Yeah. Did he, he? He didn't. But Psychopath. Yeah, exactly. You know, look at sociopaths, whatever. Yeah. They can do that. But yeah, that's a weird thing because you just have no memory at all. Yeah. I mean, I really, I don't remember 
and people are like well is there a little chunk i'm like you know it's not like a regular blackout where you're like oh my god we went to get pizza last night we went to get pizza right like, not like an alcohol blackout no yeah. no 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 like this is like full-on like i have no idea what i did like i could have sucked a homeless dude's dick and i don't know <laughs> you know what i mean ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In. Good thing you went and got some tests. Yeah. Did you go back after three months to make sure that there's I don't have lingering? STDs. <laughs> I'm clean. <laughs> Good thing we got that recorded. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, the path to being a good stand-up, uh, what does that mean to you? I think it's just getting up as much as you can, mm-hmm. working on your jokes. As, like, I tend to write every day. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you write? Like, what, do you have any I, tools? Cause, no, I really don't. I, I just, like, I mean, I, it could come at any point. Like, mm-hmm. I hate forcing it out. Mm-hmm. I hate for it because I feel like I just can't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have three notebooks on me almost at all times. And I have my phone. Why and I'm three? always Because they're all scattered? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, like, one is, like, a really small one, right? Where I just, like, all write, like, little jokes or, like, little premises. Yeah. And then, like, I have a bigger one where I write the full joke out. And then I have another one just for, like, random stuff. So, this is your, <laughs> this is your system. This, I guess that's my system. I wouldn't really call it a system. Uh-huh. It's a system <laughs> it's of It's just chaos. there's something. <laughs> yeah. But I'll just, um, or I'll, I get a lot of my jokes, like, from conversations, right? Mm-hmm. So, I'll just instantly write them down. Yeah. And it does annoy my friends, I think, like once in a while. Why? Because you, you're in the middle of a conversation, you'll start yeah. to write? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I know it's kind of rude, but I'm like, this, this, this is good. Like, yeah. <laughs> keep going. But you know, you have to, because you ever, you ever have a thought and you want to write it down, you don't, and then you repeat yeah, it then in you your head. It. And you forget it. And then you're like, you feel, I feel like I it's denied terrible. myself. Like, there was something I thought of that was really funny when I had the flu, like a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. and I'm still kicking myself because I can't remember what it was, but it cracked me up and then I fell asleep. Yeah. I try to train myself now to just always write it down. You got to. Even if it's like a little, like, I do this, uh, I don't know if you do this when you're walking, mm-hmm. I'll like put my headphones in and I'll start talking into my recording. Nice. Just um, improvising? Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm writing it out or like, I guess, or I'm talking it out. Yeah. Um. And I'm like, this just happened and blah, 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 blah. And like, write about it later. And then I'll save it. And I'll put a like reminder on my phone. Mm-hmm. And I but go back to it. You do go, because that's do, the hard Oh, part. I do go back to it. Like every night or after like after a show, whatever I do, I instantly listen to it back. You instantly listen to your set? Yeah. Wow. That's good. And I go over it um, whenever I tape it. Like I, in the beginning for the first like six months, every single set I did, mm-hmm. I taped. Mike and show like I physically taped it so I could watch myself on stage. Wow. And then I would like watch it back and I would look in the mirror and like certain things I didn't like that I would do. I'd stop. Mm -hmm. If I did like something like I'd continue it Mm -hmm. a little like different crowd work techniques or like looks on my face. That kind of awareness is really good. 
it doesn't make you self-conscious where it inhibits you? No, I think it helps me. That's good. Yeah. I know a lot of comics that record every set, but they just can't bring themselves to listen because it makes them cringe. I guess, like, I used to be like that when I was younger. Like, if I would, uh, you know, like, I would always be directing something, right? Like, I would get my friends to put on, like, little shows. I'd write something. I'd Mm -hmm. have them go over, and then I'd get, like, really angry that they weren't doing it right. (laughs) Um, Like, my friend recently, she's not really my friend anymore. Like, we were friends growing up, you know, Mm -hmm. but she sent me something. I haven't seen her in, like years and she was like i found this from when we were like seven and you're directing all of us and she was like it's so funny and like mid video you just see me go in the corner and i was like oh my god they're so stupid they're not doing this right and they were like what are you doing and i was like i'm artistic you don't understand and i was like the you're like flipping <laughs> your like scarf seven. <laughs> Flipping I your did. scarf, yelling I at everyone. I had one of those like Hannah Montana, like t- f- fully bejeweled scarves. Director scarves. Oh my god, <laughs> the thin one. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you going on uh, auditions as well? I try to. I haven't been on audition in like a while. I don't even remember. I'm embarrassed to say, mm-hmm. but it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And like, I always apply. Like, I'm on backstage and all of those. I don't have an agent or manager. I feel like that's totally hurting me. Mm-hmm. Um. But for right now, I'm just like, okay, if I can't do that, like, I just need to focus on stand-up. Like, I'm in this place in my life where if I'm not doing something else, like, I can't dwell on it because I have so much more going on. Like, if I can't get an audition, I'm not going to freak out and be like, why didn't they call me back? Like, why didn't they, why didn't they answer, like, my, like, casting, like, you know, answer? You don't obsess over it? No. That's that's great. Which is good because I used to. I used to like freak out. Especially living in a place like New York where you can easily obsess over someone else's success or oh, oh, opportunities. I think that's just so stupid. That's just the worst. And you mm-hmm. experience that a lot in stand-up. Which I really don't understand. I, I'm Same. so glad I don't have that envy. I don't have yeah, the envy gene. I really don't. The only time I get envious is if someone is a total jerk. Oh, yeah. and Or if they're or not terrible. good. Yeah. Or if they're bad. Like, there are a couple people I know, and they got booked for something. I was like, how'd you? And they were like, oh, connect. like, it was connections. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, come on. Who is that? Just kidding. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not naming names. Nice. You saw that bait a mile away. I'm not that much of an asshole. I would <laughs> never do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, right now, for me, um, I'm, I came up with a, a pilot and I'm writing. You're writing a pilot? Yeah. So my mm-hmm. like my plan is that like I want to write this pilot, which I've started already, and then I'll submit it. Mm-hmm. Pray to pray to someone it gets picked up. <laughs> I pray, Wait, pray to what? Pray to pray to myself. Uh, we never um, did figure I out am, that God situation. Because <laughs> I am God. Um, we are our own God. We are our own gods. <laughs> And I, uh, I was just like, okay, like if it gets picked up, amazing. Mm-hmm. When it gets picked up, I'm yep. one of those. Oh, I'm yeah. like, it will, not like if. Self-fulfilling um, prophecy. You got, positive. you got it. Listen, you got to put it out into the universe. That's mm-hmm. what I believe yeah. always. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to act in it. Yeah. Clearly write it. Duh. Maybe and put yeah. on your director's scarf again. I would love to. I don't like, I mean, I was just a little like fucking twerp, but like, <laughs> I would love to. That would be the plan to like, I like pull Alina Dunham. Uh, yeah, totally. What she did with like girls and tiny furniture, like that, like inspired me so much. Mm-hmm, I bet. Um, has your mom seen you do stand up? Oh, yeah. She's come, has she come to a show? Oh, yeah. She's come to a few shows. She still lives in Florida, though. Yeah. Okay. 
She still lives in Chewville. Yeah. Yeah. Chewville, Florida. It's totally Chewville. Do you want to share a stage with her? That would be pretty cool. Um. I don't think I've ever. I don't seen know. That. I don't know if I'd like that. Mm-hmm. Because of the I feel like yeah, but it's also just like. It's really frustrating because, like, there have been a couple times, right, where we're talking and I'm talking about a show I did. And she was mm-hmm. like, well, when I did this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh. no. <laughs> right. Like, I love her. And, like, I, I had the talk with her. I was like, you can't do that. Like, just let me have it. Yeah. Like, let me have it. Do you think that's uh, just her point of entry to connection? Mm. Or more of just like... <laughs> no, I don't think that exactly would be. Yeah. Like, like telling my friends, like, while I'm talking or whatever. And she was like, well, when I was doing that, like, no, 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 like one of those. And I was just yeah. like, oh, my God, like, all right. Yeah, I think all that's right. why it would be hard to date another comic. You know, just like... Oh, my God. The worst. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, they're the worst. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good to be able to not have your world... Your walls I mean, here's like that. the thing. Like, I feel like you're dating somebody, right? Yeah. She's not a comic, right? No, what does she do? Musician. Okay. She's still Perfect. in the world. See, that's the thing. Like, yeah. she's in the entertainment world. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think for me personally, I'm going to wind up with somebody who's either a writer or mm-hmm. a director. Like, Someone I've, I've thought that since I was younger. I hate actors. I've dated so many actors. They're the worst. They are, yes. Oh, they're so bad. And, like, I've gone out with a couple comedians, like, casually, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you're almost not <laughs> not any better than the actors, like... Mm. Different, so, horrible, probably. So self-indulged, just like... Yeah. It's good It's ugh. good to be with someone that understands the creative process. Yeah, like, they need to... I mean, I've dated people uh, since I started comedy who are outside of comedy, and they don't... They're like, oh, my God, why are you out until 1 a.m.? Right. And it's like, dude, like... This is my life. That that's what you need to be yeah, happy. They don't understand it. So I I know for me personally, like I need to wind up with somebody in the creative field. Mm-hmm. So you're looking for a Jewish creative type. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's really going to be really really hard to find. Well, you're in New York, where Italians are very very similar to Jews. <laughs> so true. I've gone out with a couple Italians. Mm-hmm. Went out with one, and uh, he was Christian. He mm-hmm. is. He's not dead. He he is Christian. <laughs> Unless you can and, convert him. Uh, no. Well, actually, no. Um, I didn't think like it was a problem. I was like, ah, we're having fun. Like whatever. He was a fan at a show I picked up. Ooh, yeah. Picking up your groupies. Huh? I did. I picked up some groupies, and I was like, let's go back to Brooklyn. Nice. <laughs> and um, and whenever we had like a little fling last summer, and then. He, uh, I mean, he went to, like, Bible camp and all that stuff. Like, we were so, so different. He was just really, my only thing, like, I went to end it because, like, he was really fucking stupid. Like, Like, unintelligent? Oh, beyond. Or damaged from Bible camp. (laughs) No. Well, I mean, like, there were a couple things. Like, he was like, well, I used to do anal instead because I thought that was okay with God. I was like, oh, you're one of those. Like, they're all, That's the loophole that'll preserve your virginity. Oh, yeah. so bizarre. But, uh, which is outrageous. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just like that's where poop comes out of. Like it's not pure. <laughs> it's <laughs> what also are you like doing? You're, you're you're finding a loophole that God won't notice. Like, yeah, like what God can't see the asshole. Like what are you doing? It like makes no sense. Awful. But uh, yeah, we went out for a little bit, and like I, I like went to end it, but. Mm-hmm. He went to Florida to visit his parents who moved down there. They were like living in Connecticut before, like super waspy too, mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
And then he got back and he like didn't like I spoke to him a couple times when he was there didn't talk to me like when he got back and i was like oh well, like this is kind of perfect because i don't like ending things like i don't yeah. like saying like i'm so sorry but like there's nothing here well, what's like the, i i hate that what's the pro everyone has different like i don't when i was dating i kind of liked being ghosted after a while like i'd rather just be ghosted than have to read a text being like i'm really not into it well there's like a there's like a 50 50 with that um mm-hmm. i will go into that but the end of that was uh-huh. basically he got back to new york and then all of a sudden like reactivated his facebook um and he wound up leaving new york and going to this place called the river bible institute oh boy which is a cult it's like a jesus cult Uh uh-huh yeah where like the holy spirit takes you over oh boy and like i looked it up and like uh, like the video is insane like you have you have to see this there's like a two minute youtube video so he put this whole status about like how like he went through something hi a jew (laughs) and he needs to get cleansed back into christianity after this like right after me right and right after the like you know he went to like the bible parents like so now he's like in this fucking cult well if he grew up in bible what'd you say bible camp or whatever it was he He went to bible summer camps and like all those oh yeah like church every week he sounds like yeah that sounds like a possible and i said it to him in the beginning i was like is there a problem me like being like do you care Mm -hmm. and like nobody's gonna be like yeah i love the nazis but like (laughs) He was like, he's like, no, like, I don't mind it. Like, well, like, I love it. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, more of an Italian that's, like, into food and stuff. Not so much of the God Not stuff. the Jesus stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not the Jesus stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, are you but, dating but the ghost, now? I'm not dating. I, yeah. Are you on break? Are you seeing somebody? I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm really just trying to focus on my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's code for, I can't get a date. Uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I am trying to focus on my career. Like, I have, I was, I'm always, like, on and off seeing somebody, I feel. Like, there's always, in New York, like, I feel like there's always somebody on the back burner, right? Always. You're always, like, like if I wanted to, I know who to text at, like, midnight to be mm-hmm. like, so, what are you doing? And they're like, nothing. Yep. I'm jacking off. And I'm like, stop, let me do it for you. Yeah, for, for listeners that don't live in New York City, it's very uh it's you would think it's great that there's so many people but when i was dating i know that i'm I'm on a date with a girl and i know there's four other guys on her phone right oh, now yeah. that she is also seeing oh yeah i mean it had listen my my ex-boyfriend there's too many people second the day we broke up the hour we broke up i went to my other ex-boyfriend's house mm-hmm. i was like fuck this yeah fuck this. there's always some because they didn't know i call it the candy bar effect cut candy counter effect candy counter effect yeah where like you know you go to a candy counter and if there's way too many choices <laughs> you're just there for 20 minutes trying to find the best choice and then you whatever you choose you're like ah, i don't know was this the best choice i don't know i guess it's okay and then you circle back to the other thing i mean it's so there's so much like i recently got ghosted by this guy like i thought we hit it off and everything it was mm-hmm. great and then he used my seamless account and then he ghosted me. <laughs> he <laughs> ordered like, food you with just, your card? I was like, can you just like pay me back for the meatball sub and then you never have to talk to me again? Like, yeah. Just like do that for me. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, so he's a dick. But yeah, no, I'm not dating. I'm like, I'm really trying to like work on like stand up and like this pilot right now. Yeah. And like if somebody comes into my life, like that's totally fine. But I also, 
I don't want to make them number one priority. Mm-hmm. Cause I know like my ex-boyfriend last year, like it was just too much. Like he'd show up to the mics. Oh, so other guys wouldn't talk to me. Oh no. Oh yeah. And then he wound up never cheated on him. And he would like show up all these places. Like one time I was at the comedy cellar and he, um, and he came there. Why? And it was so bad because I was, I didn't show up to the apartment on time. Which was like fucking nuts. And he like came in there and he was drunk and he was like, he's like, it's so late, like blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh my God. And I'm like sitting with a bunch of comedians and I was mortified. And I was like, okay, this can never happen again in my no. life. You, you, especially being... And then he wound up cheating on me the entire time. Well, see, that's the thing. Which is nuts. No, no, but that's usually the thing. It's the people that are really like suspectful of you cheating. Oh, yeah. They're always the cheaters. Those are the cheaters. Those are the pieces of shit. When mm-hmm. they're like, I know what you're doing. And I'm like, I'm literally not. I'm telling dick jokes. Like, yeah. what am I doing? Yeah. Why is that thought echoing in your mind so much because you think about it so much and then i was like trying to figure it out too because we were basically living together and um and i would like i would just leave to go to like school and i would leave to go to like sets and then Uh i'd come back like an hour later and i was like i was trying to figure it out after i'm like how'd you get a girl in an hour like i mean it was a great looking guy like very nice (laughs) he was because he is dead in my mind yeah um but but yeah i was just like what the fuck yeah, New York City is very unique that way. Oh it's, yeah, it's. I don't. I think it's more harmful than good. Like it'd be kind of nice to just oh, date totally. in a small town where you had the choice of three people. Yeah, and, because if you're like I'm dating Brad, they're like, which Brad? Down the block or up the block? And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> both. <laughs> like it's but, a, it's a nightmare. But especially y- with all the apps now. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. It, like it doesn't end. Endless choices of people. Yeah. Are, are you doing the? Uh, j swipe is that what it's called i was on i was on j swipe for a little bit but Uh i don't mess with it because the the guy who made j swipe like literally harassed me for the longest time the guy that created j guy that created j swipe is still single (laughs) mind you well he's he's grabbing all the the best looking girls off the app probably he's like he tries no we met um because we were running something for birthright because I got super involved after. Uh-huh. So, like, he, you know, he partnered up with them, and we both, like, went to go do, like, a speech. And then he started sending me, like, these, like, Instagram, like, DMs that night. Wow. And I was on J-Swipe before, and then I was like, oh, my God, he has access to everything. Right. So, if I wouldn't answer, and he was like, oh, so you're swiping. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> he said that to you? Oh, he's He like- also said to me, because I was wearing a choker, like, the necklace. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, I'd love to choke you against a wall like that night in the DMs. And I was like, what the, f-? like, I, wow. I barely had a conversation with him. I thought he was gay. That's pretty forward. He was wearing a fedora. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was just like this. <laughs> well, maybe he is and he just doesn't know it or can't face it. You never know. That's, that's kind of my problem with religion. Uh, and there's a bunch like that. Yeah. A bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's this guy, I don't know if you saw this, it was in, it was in like the circulating, like, you know, the daily news or whatever a month ago, where he was married to his wife for 12 years mm-hmm. and he was against gay people. You know, they ran all the rallies, right. did everything. Yep. And of course he was sucking dick on the side. Of course. Of course. And then he came out and he was like, but I'm still going to live with my, my, my wife because that's what God intended. And then like a couple of years later, like 
so now he was like i'm getting a divorce because god thinks it's okay for me to be gay now i was like oh yeah god's cool now like <laughs> he's just like hey buddy you want to go suck a cock with me like <laughs> it's it's a nightmare they, but they stay in these relationships sometimes just because mm-hmm. you know they're trained i guess yeah or maybe it works for them you know that's kind of sure one of the things i love about relationships. who knows what they're like they must is. like i don't know if they hate themselves or what you know Mm-hmm. I mean, well, they project. I think Mike Pence is so gay, right? Oh, my ga- like, my gator goes up. Oh my god, screaming! Mm-hmm. But like, I'm, he's so against gay people, like so against it. Mm-hmm. Where you're just like, come on, dude, like come out of the closet. Absolutely, yeah, it's pretty obvious. It happens over and over and over again. Oh yeah, I mean, so many people from Congress, even or like running just in office in general, have dropped or have like left because they were running you know anti-gay campaigns and they wound mm-hmm. up being gay yeah it's an interesting time now with everyone having a camera on them oh yeah there's no hiding it's really hard to hide this very transparent future we're headed towards yep oh yeah i mean everything you do even if you don't know it like it could get recorded mm-hmm. which is pretty scary but at the same this time, conversation is being recorded i know i know <laughs> this could get used against me by mike pence at some point he could want to electrocute me just for fun. I think he hates Jews, too. Hey, Mike, if you're listening, I think you hate us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's hurt. <laughs> I'm sure his little dick is crying. <laughs> Definitely. He calls his wife mother. You know, how much how much creepier can you get? It's pretty creepy. Like, that's bad. Not being able to be alone with another woman. You know, yeah, he, he yeah. Want, that's his role. Yeah. Self-imposed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, because he doesn't want to be around women. <laughs> Yeah, it seems strange. It's like he can't control himself or he doesn't want to have any thoughts. He's or... like, ew, cooties. He only wants to be around men. He only wants men. Yeah. In and around his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for you? Shows? Shows shows for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, writing this thing. We can't end it on Mike Pence. <laughs> Never. Oh, my God. Then he wins. I don't know what he wins, but he wins. You think the pilot that you're writing is going to be finished soon? Um, I'm hoping that within the next like two months or so. Hopefully mm-hmm. by, by the time I'm 22. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's see. Cool. I just really need a I need to work on it. Yeah. Well, you're really young and you got a great start. Your set is solid. What I saw. Thank you. I see a bright future. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks for, for having me on. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, this is so fun. 